larger. That's the four Gospels and the hidden fifth. You would have a pilot light always lit, small, tiny flame, constantly going, keeping the flame lit for the other four flames that you can see on top. In the electric range, this would play out as the electricity is the source of power. It's unseen, it's a little mysterious, powers the, the hot stove top. You've got three small, four, one, uh, the fourth one is large. The four Gospels, Mark was written first. Matthew and Luke are based on Mark. Those three deal with the story of Jesus, his life and work. The Gospel of John, written later, the fourth Gospel, is considered separate from the other three and a bit more spiritual, a, li a little bit more cryptic and mysterious. It's open to even more interpretations than the parables of Matthew, which is also an esoteric loaded book. So you'll see that the mysterion, the Greek word that Jesus uses in Matthew 13, uh, 11, or in a, quite a few scriptures, but in a particular scripture when asked why he's talking in coded language, he says he never speaks to people uh, without parable. He said, I'd never speak to them without parable. And some people have eyes and ears to hear, some people do not. Um, and so he is in what he calls his upper room. It's a select group of students. So this would be the disciples and the people that the disciples and Jesus have tr uh, singled out who are particularly apt students. And the upper room students are told Christ has chosen them to receive the mysteries of the kingdom. The kingdom is a misinterpretation in the English translations. The, the proper translation from the original Greek would be uh, rain, uh, not as in precipitation, but R-E-I-G-N, a rain. So the uh, mysteries of the rain, interesting language. But it's also a clue to what's going on here. Jesus says, I'm going to show you the mysteries Mysterion. Mysterion in Greek, which in the New Testament is written in Greek. Mysterion in Greek is uh, the same word that they would use to describe, say, the schools of uh, Pythagoreans. So the, so the Pythagoreans studied the Mysterion, the, the mysteries. And they had the schools of Mysterion, the mystery schools. Um, I will delve into some videos that are more um, visually produced because I have to show you some of this stuff. I'll just mention it briefly now. But there's some teachings involving Jesus uh, predicting the number of fish that are going to be in a net uh, that has some coded esoteric geometry in it that goes right back to a story of Pythagoras. And the embedded language codes information that will mathematically lead someone to the Vesica Pisces um, and some other esoteric information. So when you consider the Vesica Pisces and the fish, the story, the language of the Mysterion in Matthew 13, 11, um, the language that Jesus uses to describe the Old Testament creator God, uh, Yahweh in John 8:44 is very interesting. Jesus walks right into a temple, tells the Orthodox Jews, you guys worship the devil, I'm, I'm of the true father. So this is a hopscotch idea. The, this world that we live in is actually, things are a bit inverted. This is more like a kind of a hell or a trap, like a Groundhog Day trap. What happens is Christians, Jews, Muslims, uh, literalists, mainstream Catholics, 
Protestants alike, they all kind of take this same view and the creator God of Genesis who approves of genocide and slavery and all types of things that uh, Jesus would certainly disapprove of based on his, his own language. This guy gets mistakenly confused as a god that's, that's worshipped as some sort of divine all source of everything. When really he sounds like a flawed person with a really nasty disposition, doesn't really sound like the divine source of all love and light. It really sounds like a... What we get is a little confusion. Christ clears that up in John 8, 44. It says, I come from the Father whom you have not known. Consider this Christ and uh, the four Gospels being kind of like a simulacrum story embedding within it information that there are multiple Christs. And so there's four Gospels because there were Catholics, Protestants alike, they all kind of take this same view. And the creator God of Genesis, who approves of genocide and slavery and all types of things that uh, Jesus would certainly disapprove of based on his, his own language. This guy gets mistakenly confused as a god that's, that's worshipped as some sort of divine all source of everything, when really he sounds like a flawed person with a really nasty disposition. doesn't really sound like the divine source of all love and light. It really sounds like a... What we get is a little confusion. Christ clears that up in John 8, 44. It says, I come from the Father whom you have not known. Consider this Christ and uh, the four Gospels being kind of like a simulacrum story embedding within it information that there are multiple Christs. And so there's four Gospels because there were, say, four physical Christs and an ethereal kind of spiritual story of Christ that's embedded in the fifth Gospel. Christian theologians and scholars would all agree the fifth Gospel is the Gospel of Thomas. Thomas is written in as a doubter However, Thomas would actually be kind of scientific in looking for evidence if he's someone that says, show me, um, instead of having blind faith. So, and Christ does admonish his students to be as wise as serpents, also harmless like doves. Thomas is fully named Didymus Judas Thomas. The Didymus means the twin. So he's called Judas Thomas the twin. This is a, a light and dark side story here where Jesus extracts from himself a dark nature, a twin, a Judas, and that Judas goes off and kills himself. And then Christ then is resurrected and reborn as a divine, an ultimately redeemed divine being that rises up to heaven. Um, I think it's Mary Magdalene and, and a few other disciples that see this in the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is different from the first three Gospels in that it deals primarily with the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ, whereas the first three Gospels deal with Christ going around, they tell his bi biographical story, and then they go around and talk about his, his uh, teachings, and he wanders around and performs miracles and delivers some sermons. and then is crucified. The Gospel of John skips all the bio and goes right to the crucifixion and, and resurrection. And the author of John 
uh, allegedly writes the book of revelations from what I can tell based on the style of writing I'd suggest that whoever wrote the fourth gospel the gospel of John did not write the book of revelations uh, that's a different talk altogether so this fifth light this stovetop light this hidden light this is um, this would be kind of like um, a hidden veil and I want us to think of lifting the veils backwards. Consider that the conspiracy theory community and all of the language embedded within it is just more propaganda talking points from the mainstream media. That's where conspiracy theory comes from. There never was a truther community. The entire 9-11 movement that got me involved in this whole line of thinking um, and led me into my own quote-unquote rabbit hole experience was getting involved with architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. I've repeatedly talked about how fraudulent they are. Um, they will have you talking about Building 7 for another 20 years uh, and handing out flyers if they can keep you doing that. They'd rather you don't affect change in the world and see the world differently. They'd rather you stay stuck in the past and also have feelings of resentment and anger. Those feely feels are good money. I've talked about that in other videos, particularly that first audio cast. So there's some psycho-spiritual, esoteric concepts that uh, I've, I'm kind of piggybacking on top of stuff that I talked about in the first audio cast. So it's not mandatory, but I do want to, again, recommend that you check out that uh, What Super Bowls Mean audio cast. Check that out. That's, I think, about just over 45 minutes. Anyway... Um, yeah, so this idea is that we live in a world that's a bit of an illusion, and there's this uh, spark, this piece from the original source of all that's within us. So Christians have, and Jews... So, although I can't come to a conclusion about the shape of the earth or anything, I do have enough proof to come to the conclusion that we have been lied to. We have been lied to. They have faked images for some reason and broadcast them to us as real. So even though I don't have all the answers and I can't tell you exactly where we are and what this, this dimension is, what this thing is, I can at least admit that. I can at least admit I don't have all the answers. And because I can admit that I don't have all the answers, then I can keep an open mind and I can continue learning until we get there. And that's all I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to look at some of this evidence. Now, this is evidence that is also used by flat earth researchers, but they come to conclusions. I don't think this evidence is conclusive of anything other than we've been lied to. So I want you to view the evidence through other eyes, through new eyes, maybe the earth what if the earth is round and it's enormous? What if it's so much bigger than we've been told? And that's why the math doesn't work out. And they're only taking, you know, they're only showing us images of a small portion. What if there is more land like these maps that have been recovered show? What if the few continents that we, that we are allowed to live in inside this little ring, what if this is a plantation? What if this little piece of land, this little bit of land that they allow us to live on, what if this is their slave plantation? What if they know that there's all of these other continents and paradises? Think about, look at, uh, say, Prophets Among Us or channels like that or different movements 
within the Christian movement that say they've been shown these places, these sort of paradise beaches, this different land. And, and when they're at, when they ask the angels and stuff in the visions, is this heaven? They just chuckle and they say, no, it was something like that. What if these ancient maps hidden away in monasteries that are just now being recovered, showing all of this extra land, what if that's the explanation for how these giants, how they had room to even move around? Why we don't see the slope of the earth is, is what they say it is. It's bigger. What if these hold the answer that there are Nephilim races and they're not coming from outer space. They're coming from the other side of this ice ring. And we're kept here as this slave race, as this prison planet type slave race for them. I mean, they call us, literally, they call us human resources to our face. They tell us to our face. They use the actual terminology, labor force, labor force. They say, oh, you're not children of God. You're not gods. You don't have any power. No, you just evolved your monkeys, your pond scum. Life is meaningless. It's just happenstance. You're here by accident. So just sell your life to us by the hour. We'll give you $10 an hour for your life or we'll buy it by the year. We'll give you this much a year. So you just sell your life to us by the hour and join our quote unquote labor force. They tell us to our faces, report to the human resources office. You're a resource like oil, like coal, you know? So would it be beyond the stretch of all imagination? that perhaps this is a plantation, that there's more, that there's more than they've told us. And here's one quick example of them hiding something, and it's old news to the flat earth researchers, but I'm, I'm not saying that it proves flat earth, but it proves that they used a window to cut off part of the earth, a circular window. And they lied and said that the camera was pressed directly up against the window and you can see someone's arm move in front of the camera. So it's not, it's not up against the window, but here's the, here's them in their own words on Apollo 11, pretending it is. We only have one uh, window that uh, has a view of the earth and it's filled up with the TV camera. And then of course you see something move in between the camera and the earth. So unless it is a giant out in outer space on the other side of the window that the camera is supposed to be pressed up against, then clearly they're lying. And of course, here's the rest of the infamous footage showing that the camera's way back in the, in the vessel and they turn the lights on or the, you know, lens uh, iris or whatever opens up on the camera and you can see that earth there in the picture is actually being filmed from clear iris or whatever opens up on the camera and you can see that earth there in the picture is actually being filmed from clear across the ship through a round window so it wasn't the entire earth then when you look at the next images the more modern images of the blue marble earth they keep showing us and these are all shots directly from the nasa website you can just go on there and, and look at these and do the the analysis yourself that these are photoshopped they're photoshopped the clouds are you know clouds don't naturally take these forms where it's the same exact form over and over and over you know no they they got lazy with their propaganda and so when they do the cloning tool 
they just think nobody would notice, you know, at a distance when you're looking at the big picture. And nobody has. Nobody's really talked about this until the last few years. But it's right there. It's right there for everybody to see that they're using a clone tool. This this is not this is not a picture of the earth because everybody says, oh, well, we've seen pictures of the earth. You're all crazy. Yeah. Yes, we've seen pictures of the earth, photoshopped pictures of the earth. Why would they do that if there's nothing to hide? Why would they use a circle window to cut out a swath that would make the earth look round? If it's just really round, just put the camera up and take a picture out the window. Why would they photoshop and clone clouds and create images? Why here, this is supposed to be taken from satellite, the first image of the dark side of the moon, you know, going around the earth. But why are the clouds on the earth never moving? I can go outside and do a time lapse of the sky and the clouds are constantly moving. And it takes around 27 days for the moon to to orbit the earth. So are you seriously saying for 13 to 27 days the clouds never moved? It's like they just treat us like we're stupid. And then here's two pictures of the earth, both from the NASA website, one dated 2007 and one in 2012. And look at the size of the earth. They're so sloppy with their propaganda, it's it's unbelievable. So I know they have their rebuttals and why this happens, and they say it's because satellites take the pictures and they don't have any full images of the Earth and they piece them together from the data. So which is it? Do we have pictures of the Earth? Have we seen the Earth or have we not? And of course, I could go on and on parroting research that most of you have already seen, but this is not a flat Earth video. This is a video about the antediluvian age and about being able to see with our own eyes the remnant of it all around us, and yet at the same time being lied to and told by the establishment that we're not seeing what we're seeing with our own eyes, and that every single record left by all of our ancient ancestors on every continent and every culture is mythology. And I know there are still tons of people who are brainwashed and can't break free of the mind control, and what they've learned in the re-education camps. But I am not ashamed of the Holy Bible, and I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the truth. The word apocalypse doesn't mean war. It means the curtain being pulled back, to pull back the curtain or pull back the veil. It's the revealing. It means the exact same thing as the revelation. It's the revealing, the removing of the veil, the exposing of the truth, all of the hidden things coming to light. That's what's happening right now. The time is now. The great awakening is now. So I understand if you're still in those early phases of the awakening and you're still in the denial and the anger and everything that comes before acceptance. But I just want you to know that I'm extending a hand right now. I'm extending the truth to you right now. Please receive the truth. Receive your red pill. Receive the truth. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ. The truth will set you free. Now that can be... Some people interpret it as Christ consciousness. And that is the most important thing. It really, really is. Can Do we have the proof of the testimony of everything that we see? No, but we know that mathematically 
letters make sense, phrases make sense. You have to test it in your heart for truth, the litmus test. It's about Christ consciousness. Don't be offended by religion.